Ladies and gentlemen, you're Shirley Tony Basilio. It is a wow. It's a Sweet 16 Tuesday as I welcome you to another edition. It is absolutely outstanding to be alive and well with you. TGMD, how you feeling, buddy, today? Glass half empty, glass half full. Where are you, brother? Where's TGMD this morning? TGMD? Uh, we're half full, Tone. I'm excited. Yeah, full full speed ahead. It's what is it? First day of spring. Yep, first day of spring. Spring forward. Full. Basketball team still alive. I mean, what is this about? Oh yeah, we're we're definitely half half full right now. Half full, half cocked. Nicholas McDevitt's going to join the head coach down at uh, Nick McDevitt is the head coach at uh, MTSU. And then Maury Hanks coming up later on in the hour. Jerry Palm in one hour, and um. Jerry really wanted to take some phone calls today, but I've, <laughs> I've encouraged Jerry that we're not going to do that. We're also going to do a Rupp's recitation at some point today as we check in on our friends at Rupp's Rafters. So, but Nick McDevitt, whose club had a look at Florida Atlantic, we're going to get a Florida Atlantic scout from the head coach of MTSU. MTSU had a really nice season this year. And, uh, Brian, we were commenting at one point that MTSU really did have a nice year this year under Nick McDavitt. Yeah, they they really almost came close to that, I think, was the Conference USA semifinal tournament game. Yep. And that's after beating them in Murfreesboro about a month earlier. Mm-hmm. So they seem to have the blueprint but i think a lot of times in conference you see teams that are familiar with each other mm-hmm. and you get results like that so sometimes what happens in the pre-conference schedule might be more of a better indicator of what happens in march sometimes because conference results mm-hmm. tend to have a lot of familiar familiarity involved with those so florida atlantic popped them in their building 85 67 back on january 26 florida atlantic then came to middle on Feb 16 and got beat. Is that Florida Atlantic's last loss, guys? I believe so. Yeah. Well, actually, UAB beat them uh, somewhere in there. Okay. That was their only other loss. UAB beat them. Beat them some. U- UAB beat them. Easy for me to say. Yeah. UAB's still playing, by the way. So, uh, we'll be joined by the coach of middle. Matt Dixon, the baseball team's back in action today. Uh, the uh, footballers are got spring ball underway. We've got some position changes, and they're kind of uh, having fun. Nico's 14, Matt, starts spring. You buy that, don't you, Matt? It's behind Gaston Moore. I mean, Matt, I buy it. How about you? Uh, maybe for about two or three drills, yes. <laughs> I mean, he's behind everybody. Sure, yeah, sure. Sure, Coach Hyper. We all believe that. Matt, what did you make of, um, and by the way, Matt Dixon's podcast, uh, TLD Logistics Short Porch Debuts, World Debut, as soon as we're done today. What did you make of Evan Russell's honesty yesterday, Matt, on here? Oh, it was really good. It's, you know, a good, a really good perspective. And, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to sugarcoat what happened over the weekend at, at Missouri. Um, not really much else. There's not a, a nice way to put any of that. Or, you know, it's just 
just an awful weekend and he hated the body know, language I'm, he, I'm glad i'm yeah. glad he spoke up you, you could kind of hear some anger in his voice you know he hated the body language and he really hated how wrapped up they were on friday that disgusted him so which i thought was pretty next level because that's the thing I noticed. Do you want to play baseball or be I warm? Still, I still want to know who, who Ralphie from Toy Story is. Wasn't that, that little boy's name? What's the little boy's name from Toy Story? It, it, it's, it's Christmas Story Town. Christmas Story. <laughs> you Toy mean Story. I'm mixing my metaphors Toy again in my Toy with my Toy brilliant Story mind? Uh, he was Buzz Lightyear, as I say in the <laughs> trade. My son Anthony used to call him Buzz Lightyear. So, Ralphie from A Christmas Story. No wonder Russell kept looking at me going, what's the Toy Story? Yeah, that's why Everybody was laughing at you, not with At me. you, not with me. But when I saw the Denton kid... We all got the reference, yeah. which makes it funnier. It makes it funnier. We yeah. all know what you're trying to say. Trying to say. Well... If you listen long enough, you kind of have to decipher some of your, some of your things, but, but yeah. most of us can do it. Well, it's Basilio East. It's literally like speaking to a foreign person. So my smooth runner, Maury Hanks, is going to join us at 11. Well, he's going to join us in our um, second window today. Nick McDevitt's going to join on the other side. Please hold your phone calls. Now, I, I realize we've got three phone calls on hold. I'm not getting to you for a while, so if you want to hang out and listen in, hang out and listen in. But there's more of the show. We preview Florida Atlantic with Nick McDevitt on the other side after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia to 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. If you could see us behind the scenes and the mess that's going on here, I've had a heck of a time connecting with, you bow your head when you say his name, MTSU's basketball coach, your great Nick McDevitt, now joining us. And, Coach, congratulations on your season uh, that uh, you just turned in with 19 wins. And, and you guys 
saw this Florida Atlantic team three times. And, man, what a time of the year it is. And the great thing about the NCAA tournament, Coach, is I welcome you in. And really college basketball as a whole is this contrast in styles. And you couldn't get two more different basketball teams or two different coaching uh, type of uh, approaches than, than what we're going to see with Florida Atlantic and, and Tennessee on Thursday. That's right. It's a great time of year. It's fun for basketball coaches and players and fans alike. It's, it's uh, you know, I, I would say one of the greatest times of the year. Uh, it's fun to watch, uh, you know, all the different tournaments, particularly the NCAA tournament. And as you said, you'll see all kinds of different styles of play uh, matched up during the course of the next several weeks. And the FAU-Tennessee um, matchup is definitely a contrast to styles. Obviously, FAU is a, a really good offensive team. That's not to take away from the uh, the defensive side of the ball for them, but a, a good offensive team. And, uh, you know, Tennessee put uh, one heck of a defensive performance together against Duke the other day, and uh, those two will be, a, a you know, kind of strength on strength uh, when those two match up. You know what's interesting right now? We were we were looking at the uh, numbers, doing some research, myself and one of my guys behind the scenes, and uh, – you know, I think advanced analytics, I don't know where you are on that stuff. So, sometimes I think a lot of that stuff's overblown. But the defensive teams so far this year, the top defensive teams, are the ones that are basically still dancing. And, you know, as I watch this tournament as a whole, Coach, and I'd like your thoughts on this, it seems like they're letting a lot of the clutching and grabbing go, which is advantageous to these defensive teams. It, it would definitely be advantageous for them. Uh, you know, first of all, uh, you would hope that your defense can travel from uh, one arena to the next. Uh, you're not relying on just shooting the basketball to win in advance. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes you get into an unfamiliar setting, and it, it uh, just doesn't uh, the ball just doesn't go in for you that night. And obviously, you, you don't want to just rely on your ability to throw it in the bucket to, to advance. You've got to be able to defend on the other end. And uh, you know, I, I would imagine that the officials don't want to have to to be. Uh, you know, in the limelight or, or the reason that, that the game goes one direction or the other, uh, for sure the Tennessee-Duke game was uh, pretty physical uh, the other day. And uh, they've got a physical team. I know Coach Barnes uh, likes to play that way, likes to recruit guys that are good at that and, uh, you know, pretty much just be physical without grabbing and fouling and, and uh, making obvious over physical uh contact with guys they, they're just going to make you work for catches they're going to make you work for rebounds and uh obviously occasionally they're going to foul you too they're just going to let you know that that uh, you're in for a battle and i, I know that dusty knows that already <laughs> they're going to be in for yep. a, a tough contest against those guys dusty said and 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 we were talking on our cars a law tennessee basketball overtime we did four and a half hours the other day calling show after that big win over duke as you can imagine this fan base was super, super excited. And if you can imagine that, we, we don't take one commercial break, and we sat in here and took four and a half hours worth of phone calls from people all over the world so excited about seeing Tennessee back in the Sweet 16, to your point of what this time of the year means and what a great sporting event it is. But I was saying at the time that if, if Dusty was as bright as I think he is, once they got by Fairleigh Dickinson, which ended up being a lot closer game than people thought it was going to be, those Fairleigh Dickinson kids, if you want to show a film to any uh, team in the country of a team getting the most out of what they have and playing hard for 40 minutes for two consecutive games 
over a one-and-a-half-day stretch. There's your exhibit right there because those guys, nothing to be ashamed of for them. But from Florida Atlantic's point of view, Dusty had to get before a microphone and say, hey, listen, we're not playing football in New York City. We're, we're going to play basketball. Now, he went with the rugby reference. But, Coach, I think that's smart. If I were him when I get to New York City, Anytime I get in front of an open microphone, I'm trying to set the tone and I'm trying to influence those officials because if they clutch and grab uh, and allow that to go on, Florida Atlantic will be in trouble with the Vols. Uh, they they are at a size disadvantage, and if uh, you know, I'm sure he was uh, very calculated with his remarks. I'm sure that uh, he already knew that he was at a size disadvantage, and if uh, it's going to be really physical, then that's going to be a leg up uh, for Tennessee. And so, uh, to your point, I'm, I would be shocked if that wasn't a very calculated move and uh, something that I'm sure he's a little worried about just because they they are a big physical team. Uh, you know, with FAU's group, they've got uh, two pretty big and physical fives in Vladimir Goldine and Giancarlo Rosado. And, but when you look at what uh, Tennessee has there, too, they're just as big or bigger you know, with, with their five. So uh, that, that kind of negates that advantage. And then when you look at uh, the, the, the backcourt, really FAU plays a four-guard lineup, uh, most between six foot and six four. And so when you look at some of the length and athleticism and size that Tennessee has and the way they were able to defend the other day, uh, if it turns into a real physical match, uh, then I'm sure that uh, that's, that's going to be um, in Tennessee's favor to the more free-flowing and uh, up-and-down and, down and uh, offensive the game looks, uh, that would favor FAU. Yeah, so if, if FAU can pull Tennessee into that free-flowing game that we saw them, and we saw them do it to both their opponents at times in the first couple of rounds, even though FAU didn't shoot the ball tremendously well, uh, they still got through, and, and they really executed in their 8-9 in their game with Memphis, and I mean, heck, that Memphis team coming into the tournament, uh, Coach, was as good as anybody. I mean, you talk about red hot. But I was really impressed with FAU's composure. Now, you saw those guys three times this year. You beat them in your place, lost to them there. And then in the tournament, uh, you guys gave them a great, great fight in in the tournament semifinal before succumbing. Um, It seems like they are relentless with their approach. They don't come off their approach no matter what's going on in front of them. Very good point. They just don't beat themselves. Uh, I, I made the point to someone else the other day that they're not just old, they're old together. Uh, a lot of those guys have been there for three, four years, and they've just grown up in that program together, and they've, they've sprinkled in the right couple of pieces. You know, Nick Boyd is listed as a freshman, uh, but he's been there three years. You know, his uh, true freshman year was a couple of years ago, uh, then he got hurt, so uh, the COVID year and then an injury. So uh, even a freshman isn't really just uh, been on campus for six months. And then they, they've got Jalen Gaffney, a transfer from UConn, and that's about it. Like the rest of those guys have been playing over the last couple of years uh, together. And so they know who they are. They know who their teammates are. Uh, they know who they are as a group. And so they really just don't deviate from that. Uh, they're, if, they're, if they're going down, they're going down being who they are. And what they don't do, if, if, when you watch the games, there's not too often where you feel like, man, that was a bad shot. 
or man, that's a bad turnover. What's what's he thinking? What's he? What was he trying to do there? They just play solid basketball together. They've got seven guys that shoot between thirty-three and forty-one percent from beyond the arc. Uh, their two point guards uh, have about a two and a half to one assist to turnover ratio each. Uh, they're they're almost identical numbers. In a, a Brian Greenley and Jalen Gaffney were uh, when we played them at least about 160 assists to 60 turnovers. And when you think about having two guys on the floor that can do that and surrounded by a bunch of guys that can shoot the ball, uh, they're, they're just hard to beat. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They don't, don't turn it over. When they're open, they shoot it. And when they're not, they pass it. And uh, they just don't deviate from that. So from Tennessee's point of view, and Olivia Cumwell after the game said about Duke, he said, look, we – we drag people into the mud with us. That's how we play. This is this yeah. is dirt. This is dirt ball basketball. I mean, we're we're here to get you in the mud with us. How difficult, coach, is it going to be? You having seen and and faced this FAU team, you're as familiar with their DNA uh, as as anybody is. And as we're joined by Nick McDevitt, who's a head coach at MTSU, those just joining. You're as familiar with their DNA as anybody is qualified to talk about this as anyone. Uh, from your perspective, how difficult is it going to be for Tennessee to drag that team into the mud? Well, I think that is going to be difficult. Uh, however, on the other side, I think it's going to be difficult uh, a difficult task for them uh, to get Tennessee just kind of trying things as well, particularly mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but it is because you're dealing with an older bunch. Now, perhaps they, you know, this is the first time they've been this deep in the NCAA tournament. You know, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament in over 20 years. So as far as uh, the bright lights being on this stage, they'll have some guys that uh, haven't been in that moment. But I, 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 for one, am looking forward to seeing how they handle that moment. Uh, but from a uh, the perspective of, uh, having rookies, that's not what you're dealing with. They may have some rookies in that moment, uh, but you're dealing with a veteran group. And I, to me, just obviously really reduces the chances that they're going to get out there and, and step outside of what they've done all year to get them to this point. I mean, I, I think now they're 33 and 3. Uh, you know, they, when, when you've played that many ball games and over and over and over, you're having success. Doing it this way, uh, why change it? You know, they, they, they had a great win against Memphis, uh, beat kind of the, the darling of the tournament so far in FDU. And I think if it were me, I would think they've kind of settled in a little bit to the, the nerves that you can have and really some of the pressure that you can have. Sometimes when you go into that tournament, obviously the bright lights are on you and you go into that FDU game and you're a 15 point favorite. Everybody expects you to win. And so you, you can play a little tighter in those moments, mm-hmm. obviously, than when you're that 15-point underdog and, man, let's go out there and let it rip. You know, we've got nothing to lose. Everybody, you know, everybody's going to be pulling for us in the building. We're a massive underdog. We're the, the, the darlings of the tournament, so says FDU. And when you're FAU and everybody's there is pulling uh, for the other team that that's uh, wearing a neutral shirt and and you're the 15-point the favorite, that's, that's a tough game. And so now... Uh, they'll be back to neutral floor, and Tennessee's the higher favored team. I'm sure they'll be favored going in. 
and they've got a couple of NCAA tournament uh, games under their belt, uh, I'm sure they've settled into, you know, now let's, let's, we can really focus on what we've got to do to win the game. Matt Dixon, jump in here. Nick McDevitt joining us, head coach, MTSU. They won 19 games in their own right this year and uh, went 1-2 uh, and two, uh, against this Florida Atlantic team who's trying to get to the Elite Eight, which would be absolute rarefied error for their program, for, for many people involved in this deal, the league, for everybody. And, and they've got a – many people that follow the sport think they've got a decent chance against Tennessee because they, got, they have an opponent across from them that at times goes to sleep offensively, and that can be – that can be a, 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 a tough deal when you're playing a team like Florida Atlantic who's relentless on offense. As coaches appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. Matt Dixon, jump in here uh, with our coach who's given us a preview of Florida Atlantic. Yeah, uh, th- thanks for joining, Coach. What, what did you guys do differently in, in the second and third meetings with, with FAU that, that you had success with? Um, specifically, you know, it, it looks like you guys did a really good job on on the boards in those two games. Um, was there anything there? But just just overall, just what 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 did you all you know do well against FAU that that you saw that you took away from that first game that helped you in in these the next two? Well, I think there's a couple things there. Obviously, the uh, you know the first time that we played them was the first time. Uh, that they had played a home game as the top 25 team in the country, and they set an attendance record. Uh, now, they don't have a huge facility. It's just, uh, just over 3,000, but they had a sellout crowd, and uh, I thought both teams played pretty well for about the first 30 minutes. And then uh, we didn't handle a couple of minutes uh, later in the game at about the eight-minute mark. Uh, we had four or five possessions really on both sides of the ball that uh, caused a four-point game to become a, 12 14 point game in a fairly short amount of time and now you've got an uphill battle in a tough environment our, our latter two games i just thought we did a nice job of playing good ball for 40 minutes and i thought our length um defensively just made for their more for more contested shots for them if you look at fau uh, a very very good team i mean obviously they're you know 33 and 3 uh, so they're they're a very good ball club, uh, but they're not they're not real big outside of their their two fives. You know they're they're uh, somewhere between six foot six four and play a four guard lineup. Uh, Weatherspoon and Elijah Martin being two of the the biggest guys that they play outside of Goldine and Rosado, and both of those guys are six three six four. So I just thought some of our uh, length at at the two three and four spots and our ability to switch. Always kind of have a hat on a hat and have a a six five to six eight athlete contested some of those shots. That doesn't mean that you're going to block them or that they're not going to make any. Uh, you just got to make sure that they're not getting easy looks at the basket. And I, I just thought we didn't have too many ball screen breakdowns or off ball movement breakdowns where we got caught staring at the basketball and now your man's moving because that's where they're really good uh, when when somebody's driving the ball or coming off a ball screen on one side of the floor, the, the perimeter players on the other side of the floor are not just going to stand and spot up and watch. Uh, they're really good at moving without the basketball. So if your team stares at the ball when it goes in the post or you stare at the ball defensively when somebody else is driving the ball, 
your man's going to get it. He's going to get it and shoot a three, or he's already back cuts and he's going to get it for a layup. So you really have to be engaged off the ball. And I, that's where I thought we were good in our game here where we beat them. And then in that semifinal game, you know, we gave ourselves a great chance to win, had the ball baseline out of bounds with, uh, you know, eight, nine seconds to go in the game, uh, down one and, and missed the short one that would have put us in the championship game. So I just thought uh, that stuff uh, is what really won the game for us here and, and about put us in the finals in the CUSA tournament. You, you know, I hear you talking. Tennessee's got that length, obviously, with the May Shacks of the world, uh, the Phillips kid who the NBA loves for his defensive ability mm-hmm. uh, and values and just kind of that uber-athlete type guy. Josiah Jordan-James with his length and his ability to defend a little bit. Tennessee, though, as good as they are defensively, and they're great defensively, struggled a little bit with Missouri this year. The the the, the four the um um kind of the, the the five out approach and just the wildness of it at times and getting pulled into it, and that's a concern. Um, do, do you think I have a, a reason and a right to be concerned, or do you think Tennessee's defense with their length holds up against them in the half court? Well, I, obviously I wasn't there, but just listening to the broadcast a little bit, it, it sounded like Coach Barnes was really had his team dialed in to how they were going to get ball screen coverage right versus Duke and that they could not have breakdowns with that, that, with that team. Uh, I thought Duke was playing extremely well coming in the tournament. I, I think uh, there are a lot of folks out there that had them advancing deep in the tournament and Coach Barnes had his guys dialed in for how they were going to defend and the way they were going to defend uh, for 40 minutes. I would imagine he's spending all week uh, doing the same thing with this group. I, I'm sure that he can pull back uh, to those experiences for his team and, and un- make them understand, if we do this again, our season's over. Uh, if we don't, now you're 40 minutes away from the Final Four. And, uh, you know, you listen to Coach Izzo in their game the other day against Marquette. You know, uh, when did you feel comfortable, Coach, that you thought you had this one won? So with about 15 seconds left, you know, with 45 seconds to go or a minute to go in the game, uh, we've got an 8-10 point lead. But he, he said, you know, we talked to our team about what happened against Iowa about a month ago. So we're up 13 with just over a minute to go in the game, and we lost. So I wasn't comfortable to the very end. He said, however, when I heard our players start to talk with about 30, 45 seconds to go in the game in the huddles, the, you know, we can't foul, no threes. He said they were saying the right things to where I thought, if they're really believing what they're saying, we're going to win this thing. And, and I would imagine similarly you got an experienced NCAA tournament coach in Rick Barnes and that, that's going to make his team rely on what didn't go well uh, in those games so that the, the history doesn't repeat itself and they don't get into that, that little trap uh, that cost them the game. Nick McDevitt joining us from MTSU. You know, CUSA is a really, really fun basketball league to watch, those of us who love the sport. And um, uh, t- his group lost two out of three to this FAU team, which is really not not anything shameful. A lot of people are picking uh, this FAU team to get past the balls for the, because of the offensive piece. And it's going to be a real interesting contrast of styles. And, again, Tennessee did um, have a tough time uh, with Missouri this year. Matt, you're wanting to dig down a little further with Coach McDevitt. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to ask about 
um, FAU, their kind of transition offense. I know, you know, they face a lot of pressing in, in CUSA, which makes it a, a fun league to watch, um, a lot better than others. And I guess your league probably even prepared FAU for, for FDU the other night. But, uh, how, how good is, is, F, is FAU's, you know, transition offense or scoring off, off maybe rebound, maybe not necessarily turnovers, but, just, just overall, because you know, if Tennessee get, makes it a half court game, you know they're going to have difficulty scoring. Agreed, and, and because of that, I think you know, with with uh, so many guards that that are, they're going to play with four guards the whole game, and so uh, you you've got to understand if to me, if you're FAU, that we can't turn this into a half court game. You know, they're going to have a a you know a considerable size advantage. So we've got to try to speed the game up. They're going to try to muddy it up, make it physical. We need to make it free-flowing. And they've got uh, experienced guards that just aren't going to make bad decisions. So I, I would anticipate that they're going to get out and run, uh, you know, that, that they've got multiple guys that are three-level scorers. John L. Davis and Elijah Martin are two uh, terrific players. They were both first-team all-league in Conference USA uh, and John L. Davis, I thought was terrific the other night against FDU. You know, the first guy in tournament history to have 25 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and, and five uh, steals in a game in the history of the tournament. And uh, he he is a terrific three level player. And when you can, you got guys like that that are three level scores and great ball handlers. You've got to get out and run. You got to get out and run. You you don't have to walk it up because uh, you don't have uh, a multitude of ball handlers. Uh, you, you got them. And, and the other part to that is, although they're a, a smaller team, when you just look at, uh, you know, their height, they rebounded really well. Uh, they're one of the top two rebounding teams in CUSA this year. Now they've got two fives that get a lot of them. Uh, but any, I, I make that point because anybody else that gets the rebound can start the break. And, and guys like Elijah Martin and John L. Davis have the body and the athleticism. Uh, to get defensive rebounds, and, and they're not looking for an outlet. They're gone, and so is everybody else. And so uh, they've got the ability to really push the pace, and, and you, you've got to be on, on your toes defensively as soon as they get the ball uh, because anybody that's got it in their hands has got the ability to, to make the right play and make shots. You know, the wild thing about them is it's um... – they're unconscious with it. Unconscious with it too. Like we're used to watching Barnes ball, you know, where he doesn't run at all, and so you get kind of used to that style of basketball. Like we're talking about the mud games, and then you watch both of FAU's two NCAA tournament games, and even when it's not working for him, Coach McDavid, even when they look horrendous running, and it looks like they're throwing up wild shots. You were telling me off the air that's kind of part of the plan. I mean, they're just—they're willing to live with that, right? It's who they are, you know. It, it is who they are, and it is what has worked for them, and why they've been extremely successful. Is that over the course of forty minutes, uh, it's going to work, and, and it has. That there, there may be lulls or stretches where, you know, in, in the open floor, we miss two or three, and and the other team kind of goes on that mini run because of quick shots and now they go down and score and then we get it and another quick shot and then the other team goes down and scores uh you know sometimes the other team can have many runs uh, but they can go on big runs 
you know, it, when they when they continue to do that, all of a sudden, you know, they're three for three and a 45 second to a minute stretch, and they can go on a 9-0 run on you in a hurry. And now, you know, it went from a three point game to a 12 point game, and so that's that's the the danger when you're playing FAU is those uh, turnovers for you, those ill advised shots for you. Uh, now they've got it and they're coming at you in a hurry. You know, you think about the injury to the, to Zakai Ziegler. You know, a smaller guard, you, he's got to push the pace when he's in the game. Yep. You know, uh, otherwise, you know, he's going to find that that everybody he's trying to drive into traffic amongst a lot of trees, and such is the same when you've got multiple guys like that for FAU. You know, Brian Greenley is a strong, he looks like a running back. I mean, he is a strong young man. Uh, but some of the, you know, when you've got uh, multiple guys like that, Michael Forrest, Nick Boyd, uh, Brandon Weatherspoon, uh, they're going to get it and try to use their speed and their skill to their advantage so that they're not walking it up and facing your length and your athleticism over and over. And so uh, because of that, they, they can go on uh, big runs in a short amount of time. Coach, I really, I really wish to thank you uh, for uh, joining us today. Nick McDevitt, one more time. Anything else you'd care to add on this matchup? And, uh, man, I hope you'll come back and, and break some other stuff down for us further. You're absolutely, without a doubt, next level, man. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I, I will say this. You know, having known Coach Barnes for a long time, you know, he was an assistant coach at Davidson for my college coach, Eddie Beatenbach. Mm-hmm. And he has been really good to me for uh, decades now. You know, I've known him for about 25 years. And then having to get to know Dusty from our time in the league and going against each other, you're going to watch two really well-coached teams, but two great people. I, I mean, they're they're fun to compete against they're hard to compete against uh but two great people two great human beings and i'm happy for both of them i'm i'm honestly looking forward to watching the game thank you my friend great talking to you yes sir thank you that was uh hey dixie that was fantastic great get brian hartman to do's to you sir a A plus guest from brian a plus 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 yeah thanks a plus 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 plus. Mo Hanks has a lot of pressure on him, Brian. I say it's hard to live up to, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Mo Hanks, old smooth runner himself, better bring his A game. <laughs> you know, they called him old smooth runner uh, back in his day, and uh, back in his day in SoCal, Brian. They know they knew Mario smooth the runner as uh, coach mcdevitt appeared on the tld logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com we go from a guy who competed against fau three times to a guy who puts on college tournaments all all over the world including his event that he has in november tennessee played in that year before last we also uh, mo hanks is an nba scout to the stars We'll come back. We'll get him in here. And then Jerry Palm at noon, hold your phone calls. It's a treat and a treasure. It's the Tuesday edition. To all taking you up to Matt Dixon today with his TLD Logistics Tennessee Baseball Short Porch, which is by later on world premiere as we roll back on the other side right after the year. Uh... 
This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
41 Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. Are you looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. The Mules are back in town. Mule Day 2023, the wagon train departs on Wednesday, headed to Murray County Park. Attend all four days, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. Mini Mania Show and the Log Pulling Competition Thursday at 12 noon with the Feed Time Race at 2 p.m. At 4 p.m., Jackpot Mule Races has some smoking fast mules, all competing for cash and bragging rights for the title of the fastest mule in Tennessee. Friday at noon is the Driving Mule Show, and at 6 p.m., the Gated Mule State Championship. Saturday is a big day. The Mule Day Parade on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia at 11 a.m. sharp. Then Pony Mule Pulling at noon. Mule Pulling Tennessee State Championships and the Skillington Draft Mule Show at 2 p.m. On Sunday, we have worship at 9 a.m., the Riding Mule Show at 11 a.m., and gospel singing at noon. Did I mention Friday and Saturday? Ham and white bean plates are only 10 bucks from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Visit MuleDay.com for a complete schedule of Mule Day events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. I want to say to the great Jake Hall, golf your ball, young man. Golf your ball, young man, for the University of Tennessee. That's a young kid I saw. He grew up literally, literally in my house as a kid growing up. The guy's a monster player, and uh, he is going crazy right now. Uh, down in Houston, Texas, for the University of Tennessee at the All-American uh, event, Golf Club of Houston. This guy is minus eight. He went 68, 69, rounds one and two, to, and he's minus eight through six holes, uh, leading that event by three strokes. You go, young man. You go. Golf your ball. Ball out. Let's go back to the phones. Let me bring uh, the smooth runner himself in here. If you go back to SoCal and you go to some of his haunts and you go over there, I think it's East L.A. where Mo's from. You go to those people at East L.A. and you ask those people. And then you go up to Oakland, home of the East Bay Grease, and you say, I'm hunting the smooth runner on the TLD Logistics Hotline. Presented by our friends at TLD Logistics, TLDLogistics.com. Mari Hank, Super Scout to the Stars. My brother, you were uh, you were just listening to the coach from uh, MTSU, Nick McDevitt, who was breaking down FAU scientifically. It's going to be an interesting game Thursday night, isn't it, Mo? Yes, it is, Tony. Thanks again for having me. But, yeah, I know it really is. And one thing Coach mentioned, but... I, I think it's very interesting. You know, you talk about the bright lights and things like that. I always look at the end of the year, how teams handle 
close game. They won, Tony, four, nine games this year within four points or less. A couple by a point or two, the game, you know, they beat Memphis, I think was a one-point game. But they won nine games this year, They're coming down to crunch time within four points and less. And that's a, that's a big thing for teams because I, I really believe, you know, if you give a team 20 points and people at the beginning of the year, 31 games or so, a lot of people say, oh, Maury, 20 points doesn't matter. You take 20 points over a season, that'll keep a guy's job or get him a new job. And, you know, they, they yep. found ways to win, you know, in nine of those games. Nine out of how many? Well, I mean, uh, they played 33 games, I think. So yeah. Nine of them were four points or less. Hey, Brian, see what you see what you can find out Tennessee's record, what they are in four point or less games, because we, we lost a bunch of those, Brian, this year for whatever reason and didn't have to rely on the close game here. Um, Bry, the first couple of rounds, two comfortable wins for Tennessee, which would be interesting in the Sweet 16 to see how both these teams function. Because, Maury, the truth is about Florida Atlantic, and Coach McDevitt said it, they almost go into a mode where they don't even care what the score is. They're just playing their game. Yeah, that's one thing from the little I've seen them, Tony, is they just, you know, and that's, they're successful. They, they shoot 37% from the team from the three which is good. It's not great. There were some teams we talked about last week on the Sunday night show, Oral Roberts and that. that that's, that's good. It's not, you know, outstanding. But they're, they got three guys that shoot it at 39 or better. And as Coach uh, McDivitt said, you know, they, they've got a very small team. I mean, they play the one big Russian kid that's a transfer from Texas Tech. And besides that, I mean, they've got a bunch of guards out there. They don't even really have any small forwards. Yeah, so there, so you say that the thirty-seven percent is good, not great. That's from three-point land, yes. Yeah, it's good, Tony. I mean, there were a lot like Oral Roberts. You know, when when on Sunday you guys were talking about they mm-hmm. want to play Oral Roberts. You know, Oral Roberts, thirty-seven is good, but it's not just you know fantastic. But they do have three guys that can shoot the you know shoot it you know thirty-nine or better. Uh, they one thing I like about their team is they play. A lot of guys, they play nine guys over 15 minutes or more. Mm-hmm. But, again, as, as Coach said, they are a small team. I mean, don't talk about power forwards. They, they really don't have small forwards, but they've been successful. But also, Tony, you know, Conference USA is a good, solid league. It's going to get worse with UAB and North Texas leaving. Um, but they did not play a great non-conference uh, uh, schedule. But they did, Brian Hartman, beat Florida earlier in the year, which is something, right? A team that we lost to. Yes, yeah, Florida. They also their their only went over team that made the tournament was Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky's only oh wow only went over a team only that, team yeah wow that's a, and Mo here's the thing about them they hammered people at such a high clip that they still ended up like uh, top twenty ish in Ken Palm which tells you that margin of victory wise. They really put it on some people when they got an opportunity to do it. And seeing them play the other night, you can kind of see why, because they seem like a team where, for instance, Tennessee's got to hold them in the low 30s from three-point land. They just do. Tennessee cannot let that team get into the 40s from three-point land, Mo, because I'm not sure if we can score enough to stay with them. No, I, I would agree with that, Tony, but I don't think they've seen defense like, like Coach Barnes' team will put out there. But you are right, and that's one reason I'm not a, a big fan of these rankings in terms of analytics and probably because I'm not smart enough to understand them, but, like, they beat Texas San Antonio by 40. Who cares? You know, I mean, they, they, they beat some teams in their league really, really bad. They beat the Rice Mild Owls by 30. 
Mm-hmm. They get more. They get more style points or whatever. Instead of to me, a win's a win's a win. So Tennessee, you feel like Tennessee, if they can keep their keep that team in the half court with Tennessee's length, this is what you do. You scout. So Phillips is a guy that the that the next level covets because he just has that defensive ability to be a total disruptor. And I guess at the next level, they kind of feel like his shot will come. Um, Mo, do you feel like Tennessee, if they can kind of slow these guys down, can get them to play their game? Yes, I think, again, they, I think they need to play them in the half court, slow, slow the game down. I mean, and not to a crawl, Tony, because, again, Coach Barnes is one of the best defensive coaches in the country. And you, you don't see when guys get beat off the bounce, you don't see just uncontested layups because they've got weak side help and whatnot. They've got guys in the nail, uh, you know, helping out off the ball and things like that. Um, I think they'll be able to rotate their big guys on the one big guy that, uh, you know, because they play four out, you know, one in. Mm-hmm. So they'll be, they'll be able to, they won't have to have two big guys on the floor at one time. Um, I think the matchup is good for Tennessee and myself. Eurosh playing this game or no? Or is this not a Eurosh game? Because some are, some aren't. The Missouri games were not Eurosh games. Is this a Eurosh game in your mind? Yeah, as long as Golden is, is on the floor. But if they go real small, then you take them out. But, that's one good thing about Triple J. He's like a Swiss utility knife. He can guard multiple positions. Phillips can guard multiple positions. Um, you know, all those guys get into stance and they defend the ball. Again, Coach Barnes and the staff done a great job, you know, and they always do with, with uh, you know, with, with individual defense and also team defense. So, Mo, what's the worry for Tennessee when you look at this one? If you were sitting in there and you know some of their brain trust, what would what would the worry be, Mo, for these guys? Well, A, that they've got a couple guys that can shoot. Uh, B, you don't know how your players are going to react. Um, you know, this is, as they said, as coach from Middle Tennessee State was talking about uncharted waters for FAU, it's kind of uncharted waters for Tennessee as well. Uh, playing in Madison Square Garden. I mean, people can say what they want. You can go to Madison Square Garden. It's, you know, for the first time, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a different animal. Um, so, uh, to me, as I sit and watch these games, teams that let teams hang around, and then the the team that shouldn't win says, you know what, these guys aren't as good as you know as we thought they are. They put their, you know, their pants on just like we do. When teams let the other, you know, the the weaker team, the not as good team, hang around. That, and then that's just that's just you know late in the game, guys get nervous, and whatnot, and that you know somebody hits a shot they shouldn't do, game over. Yeah, what's the one game, Matt? Who did, who who did Miami have the other day? I think Drake had Miami beat Matt, and Drake absolutely blinked down the stretch in that game, and we've seen that. We've seen favorites blink in this thing as well. To to Maury's point, um, it, it is really strange, Mo. The last six minutes of these games, and you can almost see it coming from a mile away, and. That's one thing that's really concerned me about Tennessee, Mari, is the concept of finishing games. Yes, Tony, exactly. And, again, you let the team hang around and hang around. Not only does, you know, do you get nervous, the other team gets more confidence. Like, these yep. guys are no better than Louisiana Tech. These guys are no better than Texas El Paso. Come on, let's go. Um, yeah. You know, but, but that's like Charles Barkley said the other day, and I love listening to Barkley. And he, you know, he probably can't pick out – five guys in college basketball a week before the tournament for right. his homework, but he said the other day, it's not seven games like it is in the NBA, it's one game. 
Well, Mel, I'll give you a great example of that. And Matt just uh, put this up on our screen here and our, our client that we use, uh, which is Purdue the other day. Mo, it's a great example of that. Here's a 16 seed, and Purdue is the team that absolutely choked. And I hate using that term in sports, but sometimes that term applies. And, and we're getting ready to have Jerry Palm on here once uh, we uh, depart from you. And that's a choke job, what Purdue did the other day. I mean, I'm going to tell Jerry that. I'm going to make Jerry feel good about himself and say, y'all are literally the biggest gaggers in maybe the history of college basketball to choke like that. Yeah, and again, Tony, if, if, if the game starts and, you know, it's human nature, oh, we're better than them, we're a, a, an eight-point favorite, a 15-point favorite, whatever, and the game starts and you play and you always think you can flip the switch, you always think that, you know, we'll, we'll always have another possession. But, you know, as we talked about the other day, you look at how many teams have runs, you know, and, and, and the game goes back and forth like a ping-pong match. But when the team goes 8 no. You know, and then, you know, uh, 7-1 run, and you can look at, at the end of the game, who's got the most runs, that team usually wins. Uh, but it'll be interesting. Like I said, I, I think, you know, I know Coach Barnes will have his team ready to play, get out and guard the guys that are shooting. Uh, it'll also be interesting to see how the game is called. If, um, again, you know, and one thing that was surprising, Tony, about that game the other night, you know, everybody's saying that, you know, the referees helped uh, Tennessee. They did not have an SEC referee in that game. There was no SEC referee in that game. They had an ACC referee. They had a guy that does, you know, the Big 12 ACC and out west. And then they had a guy that was, you know, 100% out west. They did not have the third guy, which I was shocked. Kip Kissinger used to work in the SEC. He did not work any this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. The referees were announced last night. I, I, I think I sent that to you when I got it from my guys. Jeff Goodman put it out immediately when I sent it to him. And, you know, 40 referees moved on, um, and there's uh, 10 at each site, and um, one, guy, one guy will be at the table, you know, both days. Uh, some guys go into work, you know, Thursday, and then when they work Thursday, they go home, and a guy will fly in on uh, Friday to work the championship games on, on Saturday. But it'll be really interesting to see who the referees are, and more importantly, how those games are called. Mario, when you when you look at all these Sweet Sixteen matchups, which which teams do you think are in like a really good position to to maybe you know win two games this weekend and get to the Final Four? Uh, if I if I knew if I knew the, how Sasser is, you know how his how his groin is, how how his health is, I would like Houston. I mean, what Houston did to Auburn in the second half. That was big boy basketball, as my good friend uh, Craig Phillippe says. That was, I mean, think about that, guys. They're down. That guy's hurt. You're not sure. Basically playing an Auburn home game. What they did to Auburn in the second half was was was, was pretty impressive. Another great game. Another great game, I think, if, if both favorites win. I think a great game will be Alabama and Creighton. Because Creighton can really score. They spread the floor. They don't, you know, they're not going to mind Alabama playing fast. They're going to take it right back at them. I, I mean, you, you talk about an offensive uh, game. You know, if if, if, if they play on Sunday, that would be a really good game. Um, the game I would not like to referee is Arkansas and UConn. Those those referees need to be paid, uh, you know, 
two salaries, battle pay. They'll listen to Coach Musselman and uh, Coach Hurley yell at each other and yell at the refs. Hey, uh, Mari, San Diego State looks like they got a team that could hold Alabama in check. What do you give their chances of, of knocking them off? They're, they're a veteran team. They, they, uh, they're very well coached. Coach Dutcher's done a good job. They've been there a long time. Uh, you know, they've been, you know, he, he's, he's been there a long time. He's the assistant with Coach Fisher and whatnot. They've had a lot of success when Coach Fisher was had. I think this is the first time Coach Dutcher's taken his team to the Sweet 16, but they, they can defend with anybody. They talk, you talk about Tennessee being a good defensive team. San Diego State can, can defend with anybody. And if they can, if, if they can make some shots, and again, I know that's easier said than done, but if they can make some shots, they can, you know, they can, you're going to see Alabama separate like they're used to being able to separate. I could be wrong. Uh, but I, I think that San Diego State will keep that game to where they'll play it at their pace and whatnot. Um, and I don't think they'll, and they, again, they're another team that plays a bunch of guys, interchangeable parts and whatnot. And uh, they're not a great three-point shooting team. Yep. They just find a way to. They just find a way to, uh, uh, you know, get win. And again, it's it's like McCrone said the year that he, that, you know, he basically won his way into the Final Four in, in the second half. The most meaningless stat in the history of sports, not just basketball, history of sports. What the halftime score is? Smooth runner. You know. Hey, hey, hey! You're the man. Much love to you. Uh, please come back in a few days with us, and let's set this field when we get close to it, because Thursday and Friday are going to be great days, man. Yep, thank you for having me on, Tony. I appreciate it. You're the greatest. Maury Hanks, I thank him. Again, Global Sports, is uh, he puts on events all over the world with hoops. And then also, uh, Maury Hanks, an NBA scout to the stars. I'll tell you what I love about Jerry Palm, is he was invited to come on the program today, and here he is. And, Jerry, I welcome you in. Hey, Jerry, one lesson I've learned from this tournament so far, and, and by the way, uh, our condolences to your guys. We've been there. Uh, like I was telling you. No one's and, been to where we are, man. Huh? <laughs> no one's been to where we are. We just had the biggest upset in tournament history. <laughs> no one's been to where we are. I mean, people have had bad runs. No one's been where Purdue is. Did you take solace in how well Fairleigh Dickinson played Florida Atlantic, though? No. no. I mean, they were no. they were a final TV timeout away from getting to the Sweet 16. Jerry, don't you take a little solace in that? None. No. What they do is them. That's not us. So, no. Not at all. Well, we knew Purdue was a team, right, that struggled on defense all year. And here's a point I wanted to bring Actually, up. Actually, that wasn't the problem, though. The problem was that the, the Purdue was actually a very good defensive team this year, much better than last year. The uh, problem for Purdue was either they would turn the ball over too much or their shot would go away. Three-point shooting would go away. Yeah. In this game, both things happened. Um, 16 turnovers, 7 by Braden Smith, the freshman point guard. Yep, yep. the young guards uh, got them. And 19% yep. uh, three-point shooting. And 28% shooting by all of the non-Zach ED guys. Zach had his usual game, yep. at least in terms of shooting percentages. They didn't give him the ball enough, but that was partly due to fairly uh, um, Dickinson. But, um, no, it was, they produced shot poorly and turned the ball over too much. And, you know, they only had to suck to win that game. They were worse than that. Well, that's a really good point. They, they did worse than suck as 
Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, joins us. TLD Logistics Hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. Jerry, teams by defense in the Sweet 16, Tennessee's number one. Maury just talked about UCLA, they're number two. I'm going off these Ken Palm numbers now. Alabama, number three. Houston's number Alabama's four. number three defensively, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I knew that they were good. I didn't think they'd be number three good. It's wild. Houston's number four. San Diego State's five. Texas is 10. Creighton, 13. UConn, 14. Arkansas, 15. And then K-State, 17. Ten of the top Sweet 16 are in the top 17 on defense. And, you know, it seems to me that the officials got together and they said, hey, we got to keep these games in condensed windows. They're letting kids play. They're letting grabbing, holding. It really, hey, I hope they keep doing it because if they keep doing it, Tennessee's got a legit shot to get to the Final Four because that's what Tennessee has to do without ZZ on the floor. They've got to do their thing. Uh, Olivia Cumwest said the other day after his breakout game, we drag people into the mud. But, Jerry, it seems like that's the rule uh, right now rather than the exception, the mud ball. um, I didn't see a lot of that in Columbus, um, and I didn't get to watch a ton of other games. Uh, You know, the Thursday and Saturday games I got to watch some of, but, you know, Friday, Sunday I was in the the gym. Um, The Michigan State plays that way. The Michigan State-Marquette game was a little bit that way in particular. Yep. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the Purdue game, you know, they were mugging Zach Eady, but it was no different than any other Zach Eady game. You yeah, know, he gets beat on. Yeah, And when you're that big, oh, it's yeah. kind of like the Shaquille O'Neal effect. When you're that big, yeah, I mean, they just let you take back. liberties on those guys. Yep. Yeah, it's, their, their defense was to front and back him and press uh, together against him. And made it hard for him to move, but yep. it was, they they didn't call any off ball fouls uh, on Zach Eady on the defense on Zach Eady. I mean, on ball fouls, yes, you know, if he's going for a rebound, sure. he's got his stand or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no off ball fouls. The next game I saw, uh, or on, I remember seeing on Saturday watching um, uh, the Marquette Michigan State game and all of the off ball fouls on the, in the post in that game, and I'm like, where were those guys? Um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Purdue and, and Fairleigh Dickinson each got what they deserve. Um, but yeah, it, the officiating has been kind of loose, uh, at least in Columbus. You know, it, it kind of varied. I mean, the the, the games, um, mm-hmm. the game after or, or before the Purdue game um, was pretty bad. Uh, Purdue was the third game, so whatever the second game was was pretty bad. That was, I think, Marquette. The, their first game uh, was pretty poorly officiated, and Roger Harris was out there as one of the best. But the other two guys were just taking up space. He can't do everything. Um, so yeah, it's been it's, it's been a little bit of let him play. That's kind of typical in the tournament. Yep. Um, you just ask for consistency throughout the game. You know that, that that's really what you ask for, um, and that the players get protected. That's the most important thing. Well, and that's right. And, and and thus far, nobody's taken liberties on anybody. And of course, Duke people would argue they. They're they're crying about how physical Urish was with um, a couple of the Filipowski yeah. and and also lively. You know, he hit hit one of them in the chops a couple times and threw one to the ground. And hey, man, um, Rick Barnes. To me, you get to this time of the year, and it's by all means necessary. I think that's quality coaching in my mind. Yeah, well, you do what you do. What, I guess you do what you can. Yep, you have to play your game. You know, and if your game is physical, then you have to be physical. And if the refs, the refs are calling stuff, then the refs are calling stuff. And if, if they're letting it go, then then you know more power to you. But um, 
you know, you uh, you don't really want to be in a position where you can let the official throw you, you know, kid you out of your game. Did you did you stick around or did you see Florida Atlantic at all, Jer? Oh yeah. So you uh, were there. You, you stayed and watched. Uh, I did not see as much of their first game with Memphis because right. I was in the press conferences and stuff. So okay. I, I didn't see as much of that game, but I saw I was at the second game. Oh, nice. Okay, so you stayed because you you just love hoops, and well, you're probably covering it anyway. So you're yeah, I was yeah. yeah so. Okay, so what what did you what do you think of Florida Atlantic, and, and what we know about Tennessee? I mean, what what do you think about this matchup? I've just had a uh, I had a coach on from uh, MTSU who faced them three yeah. times this year. He thinks it's going to be very intriguing. Marty Hanks, former NBA scout, also with Global Sports. Uh, and a one-time coach himself in the college game thinks it's going to be a real interesting matchup. Um, and what's your sense of of that game? You think that FAU team holds up when they get on the floor at big rugged Tennessee? I think it's going to be a contrast of styles, and whichever team can dictate their style uh, can win. Um, they can they can win. Florida Atlantic can win. Um, but they have to be able to play their game, which is a little more loose and free-flowing than Tennessee typically lets their opponents play. So they may be depending more on the officials to keep it clean so that they can, you know, get up and down the floor. Um, you know, they've got some decent three-point shooting. Uh, it was kind of spotty in the fairly Dickinson game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that they've got some athletic guys, you know, and they can play – five out or they can post up either way um you know i think tennessee's physicality can be a problem for that team uh, but we'll see because tennessee also has to generate offense so um it's uh you know and, and that offense is gonna be i mean it's been kind of spotty you know lately but it's you know been good enough in this tournament and so you know i thought tennessee was pretty good i only got to see about the last eight yeah. minutes of the game that's all i've seen of tennessee in this tournament but um, they finished that off pretty well. Um, you know, so I think Tennessee's style can definitely give them problems. And they need to be able to dictate their style. And if they can do that, then I think they can win, and, and not just win, but win pretty comfortably. Do they want, does Tennessee want on the other side of that bracket, do they want K State or do they want Michigan State, in your humble opinion? Mm-hmm. Michigan State will play their game with them. I see. I agree with that. Yeah, Michigan State. Michigan State is perfectly happy to get in the mud. Get in the mud, and and that and, guy and, and is and really down, drag out, yeah, yeah, down, drag yeah, out fight. Yeah. And they can do it with. I don't want to say better players because they're not necessarily better players, but they're full strength, and Tennessee's not. So you know that it, it it's just um, like I think I would probably favor. Michigan State against Tennessee because Michigan State can get in the in the muck with Tennessee and play that way too, and they're a really aggressive rebounding team. So it just it would be I, I think I think either team could win. I would probably pick Michigan State if it came to it. Um, I think uh, um, K State is a different style of team, and they they would they would bring a different level yeah. of problems for Tennessee. Uh, but I think that that's a game where that's a little more contrastive style, and I think Tennessee does well when the style contrasts. See, I think that's exactly right, and, and I'll tell you this, Tom Izzo, we we looked it up. This guy is twenty four and seven in one day turnarounds in the NCAA tournament. Now let's think. Let's all pause wow. for a second here. <laughs> that's a lot of winning. 
to get in a point position where you get in that turnaround spot 31 times in your career of those in the elite eight i want to remind folks he beat tennessee with draymond green the guy is literally a coaching machine yeah. and they, they had a master class the other day in their win over marquette go ahead yeah oftentimes he's in his white uniform on that one day turnaround so it helps that he's got probably what people think is a better team however you know that's not always the case and the marquette game was one of those i games. think you're right and, Yep. And Marquette, Marquette had a tremendous season, and yep. in many ways they're a lot like Purdue. Yep. They don't really have a pro on that team, um, and Purdue doesn't either, but only because the NBA doesn't use guys like Zach Eady anymore. But um, they uh, they won their league, regular season title, conference tournament title, and um, but they don't have one guy other other than Purdue with Zach Eady who can take over a game, but Zach Eady can only take over the game if they get him the ball. You know, they don't have, like, a perimeter guy, either team, that can really take over a game. Kolick was the MVP of the league, um, but he still isn't really a guy that just takes over games. And uh, and I think that that really worked well, you know, for Michigan State, that they didn't have a guy like that. Um, and uh, so now they're going to play Kansas State. He's got two guys like that. So that could be a problem for Michigan State. I agree with that. The, the kid from New York City, the guard, who's going back home, was absolutely dominant the other day down the stretch. Okay, uh, Mark, uh, Mark, uh, Markel. Help, help us out, Brian. Mark, what's that kid's last name, Brian? Josh, I'm drawing the, the guard from uh, I know, I, the guard I from Kansas State. Here. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Norwell, 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 and Keontae Johnson. Who well, yeah, Norwell. Well, yes, that's who it is. Yeah, Keontae Johnson. Yeah, either one of those guys could take over a game. Yeah. And if they both take over a game, and you're really in trouble. Well, Keontae Johnson's a great story. I mean, that's a kid oh, that you know needed yeah. to be literally brought back to life. And uh, when he was at Florida and then got medically cleared to play. And, hey, we're all rooting for a guy like that. Um, And then, of course, the Michigan State story, if they get there and Tennessee's lucky enough to see them in the Elite Eight, you're going to have that story of what happened on their campus, that terrible tragedy, which is going to make them a sentimental favorite in the eyes of a lot of people in the Elite Eight. So, um, Jerry, the, the Purdue deal, though, one of the lessons to me is that when you put the ball in the hands of inexperienced kids and the pressure, even though they've played a year, and the pressure gets as great as it is, it's it it sometimes the chicken comes home chickens come home to roost on you. And this Tennessee team is really capable of cracking as well. They turn the ball over in spurts. The other night, Matt, how many turnovers do we have against Louisiana, Matt? Now we played a Nearly clean game, perfect game against Duke. Was the number like thirteen guys at one point against uh, Louisiana the other night? I, I, I think it was eighteen. Eighteen. Chair, if they do that, if they do that Thursday, there's just no way they're holding up. There's just no way. Yeah, I, I would agree. You can't turn the ball over that much. That's for sure. I mean, it's, you know, you're, if you turn the ball over 18 times and you win, you're pretty lucky. I think yep. Purdue actually did that once this year too. West Virginia, I think they turned it over 18 times and won. Um, but uh, and that was their season high in turnovers. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, but it's really it's hard. And you know, but the, here's the thing: even when they took Braden Smith out of the game, the, the backups weren't playing well. Either. Right. So I mean, nobody played well except Zach E. Zach Eady. Everybody else was was below par. And it's funny that the, you know, the guy in the biggest shooting slump was Fletcher Lawyer going into that game, the other freshman guard. And he actually is the only player on the team that hit multiple three-pointers. He had three. He was three for eight, but that eighth one was a, a late game heave. <laughs> yeah. the, 
So that one, it was. So he was the only one that was actually shooting decently, but yeah, get enough shots. The randomness of the randomness of March, and what's Purdue Nation now saying about Matt Painter, who's done a hell of a job there? Oh, there's, there's. A, I mean, most people understand, you know, what a great job he's done with this program. But there's always idiots that think that, you know, every time Purdue loses to anybody, but especially in March, that he should be fired. It's like. What are you going to do different? Who are you? Who else? No, everybody who thinks their coach should be fired never asks themselves the question, who are you going to get instead? Realistically, who are you going to get instead? Who's probably going to get that's better than Matt Painter? There aren't five guys maybe better than Matt Painter. Okay, maybe ten. But none of those guys are coming to Purdue. Yep. So, you know, you should be happy you have what you have, a guy who loves the school and does things the right way and yep. and wins a lot of games even if they are all in March. Hey, Jerry, I sat down yeah, there. That's right. I, I sat down last night, ranked the Sweet 16 left, just, just off the top of my head, okay? Okay. My, my five left in the field are, number one's Houston. They're just very good on both ends of the floor, and if they stay healthy, I think they're going to win it. Alabama's number two. It's kind of disgusting. Uh, even Nick Saban took a shot at them yesterday when one of his players got in trouble. And if you haven't checked, he's Alabama's football coach. Number three to me is UConn. I mean, they're just loaded with talent. They're playing really well right now. They have stretches where they're awful, but they're so talented. They have two freak show big guys. Do they have enough coaching to get home? And my number four team is UCLA. Number five is Texas. Do you disagree with any of them? Uh, I would put Texas ahead of UCLA. Okay. I would say those five teams. Um and right there with them for me is Gonzaga. Yep, so I'd, yep I Gonzaga at seven. Yeah, um, and K State is part of that as well. So I mean, there's some really good teams left. Um, it's a great Sweet Sixteen, is what it is. I mean, when I sat yeah, down and well, did it on paper, good. it's I mean, very good. A couple, outliers, a couple yep. outliers in this group. Yep, but but it's a really good Sweet Sixteen. I I actually still have three in my Final Four. I have Alabama, Texas, and Gonzaga in in my. Uh, original Final Four. Wow. Uh, Who was your other one, Jer? Purdue, of course. I just wanted you to say that. I mean, um, you picked them. You can't pick your own team, though. I mean, you know they're not. I didn't pick it any further than that. Oh. but Because um, I had Alabama winning the tournament. But, um, yeah, you know what? I, I should know better. Right. Purdue's not going to the Final Four. We don't go to the Final Four. I should not. Final four. That's not but for I'm you guys. It's one either. Well, it's kind of like my... People keep saying to me, what are you going to do if the Vols go to the Final Four, right? And I keep saying, really? And you're going to ask me that? Matt, are you entertaining that in your brain that we're going to the Final Four? Matt Dixon, are you entertaining that? Tell the truth. Because I'm not. Uh, honestly, no. No. no I'm Brian, not taking anything for granted. Brian, are you entertaining that in your brain that comes Saturday not night? Until, not until it actually happens. Thank you. And I'm talking about when they had the lead at the end of the Elite Eight thank, game. With thank you. The clock. That's when I will entertain it. Kind of like Tom Izzo talk- told told the folks with CBS the other day. They said, when did you think you were going to win? He said, there was 15 seconds left and we were up eight. That's kind of when I thought <laughs> we were going to win. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, before the tournament, you know, I, when we were talking about Purdue, I always was saying that Purdue had the widest range of possible outcomes. Yep. And it was even wider than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you lose to a 16. round. Uh, well, yes. They go all the way. Yes. They were capable of either, and they ended up losing in the first round. I was like, well, yeah, well so they always find a way to surprise me. And the team they lost to with the several Division Two players, 
and the coach in his first year, and they won four games last year. And their kids played so loose and so well. And your and your guys lost to a team um, didn't even win a conference tournament. I mean, it was like, huh? That's why it's the biggest upset tournament history. When did you know they were in trouble, Jer? When did it dawn on you, hey, this is going to happen? Uh, the second TV timeout. And we hadn't separated at all. First half, you thought, oh, God, we're oh, in trouble first here. First half, I knew we were in trouble. Yeah, I knew we were in trouble in the first half. And we actually got a lead, extended the lead. Uh, halfway through the second half, we ended up with a bit of a run and ended up with a seven-point lead. And I wasn't comfortable. And they got it all back in the span of about five seconds. And then it was definitely over. And this was the AP writer, a couple seats down from me, says, you know, this could happen. I said, I said, Mike, this is Purdue. It's happening. <laughs> we already, I knew, I knew it was over when they, they swallowed up that seven point lead in a heartbeat. And then it was done. It was, it was a matter of time. So he looked at you and said, Hey, Jerry, this really could happen. And you were like, uh, oh, I don't know happening. what world you're living in, but I've lived through this nightmare several times. This is happening. I, I have seen this stuff before. In fact, it's just another chapter in my book, Stuff Happened, the story of Purdue in the NCAA tournament. And you were there to witness. I can't imagine what the Purdue fan base, I mean, I can't imagine that. And you know, it's a classic case of a game becoming a road game in the second half. We've talked about that in this tournament. That where wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think that bothered us. It didn't. We were already playing like crap. So, it, they didn't play worse because the crowd started they're already playing bad right so and it, didn't get, it didn't get worse because the crowd joined in i got you you know but you know it, it was played in a rivals gym though ohio state crowd but conference rival but brian makes a good point it was up in columbus ohio and the scragglers that were in there you know they 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 turned on y'all jerry it wasn't a deal we're going to cheer for the league here no got well there weren't enough people there to cheer for the league the state fans were gone because they had the first session, um, and everybody in the building, and, and everybody, it wouldn't matter who you were rooting for. If you were a Purdue fan, everybody in the building was rooting for, the, for Fairleigh Dickinson. And who can blame them? Division no, two I mean, kids, bunch of Division that, two players. That's how it is. I mean, that's how it is. You, you know, that's. But I don't think that impacted Purdue at all because they were already. Jerry, you're the man. I appreciate you jumping on with us today, and. Uh, talking about the heartbreak i had no idea that you were like there and had to witness that in person and then cover it afterwards and just i mean my gosh man um, it was i mean i picked in advance where i was going to go you know because that's kind of how i have to do it yeah so i just picked two driving distance places so i went to columbus because it's driving distance and and louisville this week so i'll see alabama um but uh so that's driving distance from home. But it was pretty much always a given, you know, once we got to mid-February. Pretty yeah, we they were t- the only team that was closest to that site. Yeah, we were talking about that, you know, the way they, the way they do it now. And, uh, Jerry, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, I hope you'll come back and break some games down with us further when we get to the four. And who will be in the final four next week? Can you uh, look at your well, bracket real three. quick? And- I still have my three that I originally picked, All Alabama, right. Texas, Gonzaga, and then I like, I think I like Kansas State. I think Can- I like Kansas State. Kansas State beats whom? Uh, Tennessee. I like Tennessee. All right. So the Vols get the Elite Eight. Atlantic. 
And then, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, that would be a great game, by the way. I think Texas or Tennessee and um, Kansas State would be a great game. Uh, Kansas State's got that really, 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 really. If I was just watching that thing from 10,000 feet, I'd say who has the better guard play, and they do. Yeah, it's definitely Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, and that's my yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Norwell and, and Keontae Johnson. I mean, that's, you know, yep. that's, those, those two guys are real difference makers yep. on both ends of the floor. And I'm not sure Tennessee's got a guy now that's a difference maker on both ends of the floor. I, They've got a lot of really good defenders. I, I totally agree with that. I think you take yeah. over a game offensively. I think most living Vol fans would agree with that assessment, and that's why this is a pleasant surprise that we're here in the 16, and we're just going to enjoy it, you know? Might as well. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. Yep. Take care. Jerry Palm, one more time. Matt, I thought he was a good sport coming on here and laughing at his club, laughing at himself, laughing at the uh, the banality of, of having a team that just, I mean, literally threw up one of the worst gag jobs in the history of the sport. Yeah, that's, I guess that is a, g- a good quality that he has. He'll he, he'd come on on under those circumstances. Yeah, because I would have told Brian. Most, most people wouldn't. Yeah. No, I would have told Brian if you think that I'm gonna go on there with that guy and he's gonna revel in my misery, which I didn't, which I'm not going to, other than to say, "Geez, man, like how does that feel?" But it isn't like we haven't been there before. I- I've always thought. That the heartbreak of March well, is one of the things that's so unique that about this tournament. No, we haven't been there to that extent, but we've seen some real stinkers, Bry. Never been in one seed, but yeah. But, you right. know, Tennessee, let's let's give them credit. Yep. And I, we said this on the blog. They've never lost a tournament game first round where they were seeded four. But, well, actually, only once were they seeded six or better and lost, and that that's was right. when they were a five seed. So when they're a top four seed... Yep. They've never lost a first-round game. Even as checkered as our NCAA tournament history has been, and it's been checkered. It's been now, spotty at times. second game, and beyond this, given oh my God. trouble. We've had some but unbelievable second games now. Their, their first-round first losses have come as, in, as they were probably in the 8-9 game a lot. That and day we lost when to Missouri State. When they were 10 State. seed one year, they, they, that's yeah. when they'd lose in the first round. That day we lost 30 to Missouri State. That's when I said to myself, I went to the mirror and I said, why? That why? was the second round game, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying to myself, yeah. why is a college hoops lover did I choose to come here to go to school? And what am I still doing here? And what am I going to say tomorrow on the air? Thank God I didn't have a post-game show back then. Matt, you imagine hey, losing uh, 30 to Missouri State? I think they were Southwest Missouri State at the time, which added insult yeah, they, to injuries. they changed their name. They, they, they were directionally directional back then, and we lost 30 to them. Like, it wasn't even, like, a close game. So here's the deal. Tennessee fans deserve this, and Rick Barnes deserves to go to another Final Four. The career he's had, the way he treats people, the guy's a class act through and through. Speaking of which, I just saw a tweet from Dick Weiss, who is legitimate. Hoops Weiss, as we call him. Says that Texas still doesn't want to pull the trigger and just hire Rodney Terry and be their be their guy. They have uh there's speculation that they may have they've made exemplary and I don't know when they made these calls, but apparently they've contacted Billy Donovan, Brad Stevens, and Rick Barnes. To gauge interest in their job. Now, I don't know when those calls took place, but neither of them were interested. 
they called Rick Barnes to see what he thought they should do with their job? They actually called. They wanted to. Uh, they made exploratory. He calls it exploratory calls to Billy Donovan, Rick Barnes, and Brad Stevens. Now, maybe they called okay. those guys to get their input on who they should go after. Right. Or maybe they called those guys to 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 actually. What would you like to take this job? Matt Dixon, do you believe that they called Rick Bonds and offered him the gig? Gigomania. Uh, no, they, they called Rick Barnes to ask him what he thought about Rodney Terry being the head coach of yes. Texas, if he could handle it because he was a longtime assistant. And Barnes, would, Barnes, more than anybody, knows what that job is. I wrote in Blogomania today over at tclub.team, which is loaded with great information. I mean, it's loaded today. Lo- it's loaded. Like, absolutely loaded with great information. Um, I wrote today in Blogomania. By the way, thank you, Jerry Palm, for appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online, tldlogistics.com. One of the reasons why when Barnes has a spot open up, and he's going to have another spot because Ganey's going to get the high point job, so he's going to have a spot open up um, this time around. And Ganey's been an ace recruiter for him. But one of the reasons why uh, Rick Barnes, those spots are coveted on his staff, is that he has a ton of guys that he's moved on to head coaching. If you look at his seven years in Knoxville, or eight years, whatever it is, there's like five guys that are head coaches right now. Bermuda Schwartz up at East Carolina. Kim English at VCU. The guy that he got the job at East ETSU, which was a disastrous hire, but he got him placed there anyway. That was Rick Barnes getting on the phone and getting that guy placed. And I saw where ETSU hired former Pearl assistant Brooke Savage off uh, Steve Forbes' staff. So good luck, Brooke Savage. Perhaps we'll try to get him on at some point. Welcome him because uh, we, we like the Bucks here. But that was never going to work out for Des Oliver and the Bucks. You got the ice handler down at SMU. That's four of them right there. And right now he's trying to get Rodney Terry, who wasn't here, but that's five. He's trying to help him get the full-time gig there. And I know for a fact that he's been on the phone, as we reported today. He's been on the phone with Providence, where he coached at one time, trying to get Kim English the Providence job, which would mean that Kim English is following uh, the Rick Barnes path because Rick Barnes started at George Mason and went to Providence. So Rick Barnes loves kingmaking. Lo- loves, loves kingmaking. And when you love kingmaking, people want to coach for you. Am I forgetting any assistance, Matt? Well, if, if uh, Ganey goes, that is five coaches off his staff in seven years, Matt. That's, that's a lot of movement. Proof's in that pudding right there, big boy. Yeah, and and you had the, the Chris Ogden who went to UTSA. That's six. I believe is now back as an assistant at Texas. This guy's, like, had seven. I mean, that's six or seven right there. And if, if, if he wins two games this week, he'll get the hand-take his replacement here, too. Interesting. Which I don't think Dr. Danny would go for that, but who knows? Who knows? 865-200-5402, the number. We come back, we'll get to the phone lines. For the first time today, roughly 90 or so minutes into the program, but who's counting? We're going to come back on your Tuesday edition today in our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. 
We'll take some calls, and then Matt Dixon with a world premiere of his sixth edition of Short Porch, presented by our friends at TLD Logistics. And, boy, I think the Vols are going to be happy to get back in the friendly confines this week after, well, Matt, the accounts were that they couldn't wait to get on the bus and get out of uh, Como the other day. They were on the bus in like uh, 10 minutes, weren't they? Yeah, they they couldn't leave there quick enough, yeah. They were they were glad that those were seven-inning games on Sunday. And Tony Valls isn't doing any media this, media this week. I don't blame him. <laughs> There's nothing to say. You think we were a little rough on him yesterday, Matt, with the with the uh, doing the um, Ralphie all wrapped up bit and the Antarctica, or do you think that's I mean, it, deserved? I mean, it, it's all true. I mean, anybody who who turned on any of those games could would would have picked that up immediately. So I mean, we, this, we, it is what it is. We looked like we were going to Siberia to play baseball on an expedition. Like we're spreading the spreading the sport around the globe. Let's go to Siberia, take a trip. I was expecting a polar bear to show up in left field, or like a seal, or a penguin. Brief timeout. We come back. There, I'm doing it again. Tony Valls, I'm not piling on you. I love you, but I, I don't know what that was over the weekend. But listen, let's not do that again, huh? Get some calls in after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohe Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402, the number. I'm going to go back to the phone's TLD Logistics Hotline. Um, let's get our next call in at 865-200-5402. For the first time today, we welcome in a phone call. We welcome in a call. Hello and welcome into our first call in our final block. Hello. Hola, it's uh, Zach up here in Elizabethan. Uh, hey, Zach. I was just calling. Hey, man. Um, Speak up for me, brother. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so um, Michael Morrell did not get that ETSU job. They gave it to Savage, right? Yeah, you know what happened there, which I found out last night? A lot of the ETSU people. 
made noise on your guy Morell because the book mm-hmm. on him was he only had one season. Yeah, that's right. That's... And 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 before Pember got there, they were kind of brutal. Now Pember just uh, it was just a uh, Jonathan Gavoni just broke on the Draft Express that uh, Pember is is announcing that he's returning to UNC Asheville to run it back. So wow, which is a good okay. thing for your guy. So your guy will have a chance to do it again next year. But, yeah, the Brook Savage is interesting because I don't believe he's ever been a head assistant, basket- a head, uh, assistant basketball coach, let alone a head coach. So that's an interesting deal right there. Yeah, he, he leveled up. I'm not yep. sure what they were uh, – their, their program had was, was budding there for about a year or two, and it has just absolutely gone. To crap, and uh, you know, I, I, I've talked to you before. Growing up here in yeah. the late '80s and '90s, it was all about the uh, ETSU Bucks. I mean, they were more beloved than the Vols, and uh, that that program is one, kind of one of the most revered. But um, I uh, I was just going to ask if you had heard if um, if uh, Zakai has had his uh, surgery done, and yeah, he, he had it last week. Okay. And he's supposed yeah. to be with the team up in uh, NYCNY this week as well. Well, I hope um, hope we can uh, wheel him out there literally and get everybody fired up. I do want to ask you, uh, that are, you seem to be a pretty fervent supporter of, you know, Tony Vitello and the baseball team. Uh, you You are not at all worried about their – their start, or are you starting to get a little on the, uh, you know? Oh, no, I'm worried about it. Okay. I'm not, like, five-alarm fire worried, but they mm-hmm. they don't. The the problem that I see with the Vols is they're, they don't have clutch hitting. Matt, what's that number, right. again, with uh, the men on third base and then the running runners in scoring position? G- give that number. Because compared to the rest of the league, um, I mean, they're atrocious at it. Yeah, they're yeah they're at the very bottom of the league, like 14th and 13th, in almost all all like situational hitting with guys on base and with the bases loaded. Uh, they're they're yeah they're at the very bottom of the league in all those. That's pretty. That's kind of a a stark. That's a, that's quite a drop off. It's I, not winning. They, they they don't have winning yeah. right now. They don't look like they have winning players at this point. And I'm not knocking them, but if you're going to win, yeah. if yeah. you're going to win, you got to make clutch plays. You got you got to get clutch hits. You, you need a little bit of clutchness. And, and and then I'll tell you what. I know it was cold up there. I didn't like the body language from that baseball team. Right. Didn't like, that did not look like a Tony Vitello baseball team. But I'm not well, both saying their season's over. Mm-hmm. But that was that was kind of embarrassing, really. At the end of the I, day, I thought, I thought so too. I. I do. I, I like your interviews with um, Evan on, yeah. on Monday. And one of the things I do, I, I just as a lifelong ET guy, the way that he kind of casually always says, you know, they 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 pay a, a bit of a price for what their the, the behavior of the team last year. Um, that's kind of. I think he's right. I don't think that's really affecting games, but that that's kind of. That, that's unfortunate that, that that is 
the case. But um, I appreciate you with the info on uh, the ETSU. I, 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 I had to not talk to my my Mike Morrell hookup, but um, uh, yeah, he was in it, man. He, he yeah, was. Uh, I mean, what we were talking about a couple weeks ago is entirely accurate. What happened was, and a lot of times, you know, administrations in different schools will do this. They float stuff out mm-hmm. because they want to see what the reaction is. And the reaction they got to that, I don't think, was real favorable. And so they decided to kind of stay in the Tennessee family extended with Brooke Savage. And I think that's a gamble, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It, it's a it's a weird relationship that these yep. two programs have going on. I, I yes, don't know sir. If it needs to end, but uh, but one thing about it, I, I yeah. think I'll say this: okay. I think Brooke Savage is a five times better hire than Des Oliver. Des Oliver had zero chance of making it there. Anybody that yeah. would go on a radio station and say that Rick Barnes didn't have to leave campus or recruit, I mean, no offense, Tom, but that dude ain't gonna make it as a head coach. No offense, uh, especially yeah, especially here where you have to really find some you have to go out and find the value players like the ones we had in the late 80s like mr jennings oh yeah well he didn't know he said that about barnes time here in his first couple years when people like me were chirping about the recruiting he went Mm -hmm. on i think it was a sports talk show matt is that right do you remember that and he said hey look he said rick barnes a hall of fame coach if he don't want to leave campus he doesn't have to we were all like what huh which I, that's I just know. not the case. I mean, and you. By the way, you can't say that out loud. Yeah, there, there, <laughs> there's been some unfortunate coaching uh, proclamations made aloud to the media uh, in, in the last couple. Well, of that's years. interesting. Yeah, that's another. That's yeah. Hey, listen, I appreciate you. Thank hey, you, man. brother. Thanks, man. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Yes, sir. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. I want to remind you today up at tclub.team. That's tclub.team. There's an incredible blog up there. We ranked the, suites, the the 16 teams left. Matt, I have the Vols of the 16 teams left. Myself and why? We put the Vols at eight. Fair or not? What do you think, Matt? Uh, yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah. It's, what do you think, yeah, Brian? Right, right there in the, mi- in the yeah, middle. Right there. in the middle, which means, hey, which means you have a chance. You have an absolute chance to get to the Final Four. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I think most people have them not even that high. Yep. So I've got, I'll, I'll take it. I got Houston one, Bama two, UConn three, UCLA four, Texas five, Creighton six, the Zags seven, the Vols eight, San Diego State nine, K State ten, Arkansas eleven, Michigan State twelve, Xavier thirteen, FAU fourteen, Miami fifteen, and Princeton sixteen. Here's the takeaway. Here's the takeaway. Tennessee's region, in my mind, features team number 8, team number 12, team number 10, and team number 14 of the Sweet 16. By far, the easiest path to the Final Four. By far. Best region. Not a one seed left. Not a two seed left. K-State's a three, right, Bri? They're a three, right? Say that again. You broke K State a three or a two. K State's a three. That's what I thought. Yeah. So the one and the one and the two are gone. It's perfect for the Vols. Perfect. Set up perfect. You know, um, it should be pointed out that uh, Tennessee is only one of four schools to get both men and women in the Sweet Sixteen. It's incredible. 
Miami, UCLA, and Connecticut. Send me that. I thought it was sad last night. They were showing the uh, girl that played her heart out for uh, Miami. I watched a game. Uh, uh, Indiana. I watched that one, and I watched the Duke game last night. Brian, did you see Carol Lawson's team not scoring overtime? Yeah, and they, uh, I don't know what she was. She must have fallen asleep. She must have fallen asleep over there because there was no coaching for them. It was poor, freaking horrendous. Yeah, I, I those those of you who wanted, if anybody out there wanted her over Kelly Jolly, I think they had they had a bad night. I mean, watch that game last night and get back to me. You know, uh, the Lady Vols. I think they went out and won two games by. A, 47 and 45 points. They turn the clock back. Nobody uh, else has done that. They, they looked like one of Pat's vintage teams. They turn, I don't know. If they turn the clock back. That up. They were yeah. smoking people. Yep. It's going to be about UConn for them. I don't know if you guys have seen what the women have done, but the women are putting two regions under one roof. Yes, they are. Green. They, they're, they're, they've sent eight teams to Greenville and eight teams to Seattle. And the Lady Vols go to Seattle where they'll play Saturday 6.30 on ESPN two, they might be playing at the same time the men play an Elite Eight game if they can take care of Florida Atlantic. Wow, so that'll be interesting. Who do, what? Which one does, does the fans watch? Back you know, to the phone. Choice. Back to the phones we go. Eight six five two hundred five four. Matt will be watching the XFL. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Baseball hey, team. Yo. Um, I want to talk called. Uh, talk about Barnes. Columbus. Um, What's up, Martin yeah. Colombo? How you doing, buddy? I don't have a chance to call in. Uh, you know, when he was hired, I said, well, he's the most accomplished basketball coach you've ever had. Yep. And from a culture, program manager, recruiter, player developer, development guy, he's an absolute Hall of Famer. Now, as an in-game, as an in-game tactician, yeah, he leaves some things to be desired. But give me the four, first four things over the, being an X and O genius every day of the week. Because this league and this tournament is about players. Yep. And he gets players. Yep. And I know people love Bruce Pearl. I'm not a fan, but the guy's a heck of a basketball coach. But Bruce Pearl was sloppy. And he ran a sloppy program. And he's now paired with another sloppy coach at Auburn, but I won't go there. Does anything about Rick Barnes seem sloppy to you? No. Very professional. Yep. And the guy, I think the way this team plays, how hard, how physical, it tells me these kids really buy into him and his coaching staff because that's hard to do. What those kids, how you have to physically prepare yourself mentally to be that hard and be that physical. It's a lot to ask kids, and they and they do it. So I think, I think they're totally bought in with this coach, and that's you know, part of the culture thing I'm talking about. We were talking, we, we led today's blog, which is, I keep referring to it, there's just a ton of great content there today, regarding the highest paid coaches. USA Today released the report yesterday. You know, 10 highest paid coaches in the sport, and some of the highlights from the article include that three of the top 10 highest paid coaches made the Sweet 16, one of them is Barnes, five of the top 10 won a game in the NCAA tournament, that includes uh, Bruce Pearl. Pearl and Barnes are separated by fifty grand right now. Pearl's going to pass him in salary next year, unless Barnes gets a raise. Of course, we we mint money around here. But here's the take-home point: Pearl hasn't gotten to the Sweet Sixteen since its Final Four uh, run of several years ago, and it's the only time 
He's made it out of the first weekend in ten seasons of coaching. And and I love Pearl. And, and all he did here. Briggs got there twice. I like him a lot more than than um than Colombo does. But faxes are faxes on, on Bruce Pearl. Faxes are faxes. He, he makes a good point. He is sloppy. He yes. does have a sloppy, sloppy program at times. Yep. He runs a sloppy. Yeah, that's sloppy. true. He looks sloppy. He was sloppy. He was sloppy at Tennessee. That's yeah. why he got in trouble. Yeah, he lo- okay. his team was well, sloppy. His teams play sloppy. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The whole thing's sloppy. Yeah, the whole but thing is sloppy. He's a basketball coach. You give me a guy that I need one game to win, I'm taking Bruce Pearl. i got to win one game. Yeah, especially but like in the season. The or like, 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 for instance, when we went down there and played them at the end of the year, I mean, you could forget about it. You were not winning that game. You're just no. not. And... They call him second round Rick, but you know what you got to do to be called second round Rick? You got to get to the second round a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, and that, like, and I never thought much of him as a obviously as a tactician, right? But the, the other things that I've talked about when I first called was those things. Give me that those components to a coach all the time over some guy who can actually hold me to death. No it's question, it is Look about at Musselman. Well, it's about it's developing players. And Musselman, like, you know, he got all that talent in there, and you're like, God, is it, you know, you know, he, you know, he's just pulling his hair out the entire season. Mm-hmm. But that second half versus Kansas, that's why the headaches are worth it, because they got a lot of talent, man. Well, <laughs> not only do they have a lot of talent, got dudes. <laughs> but they have an offense that's impossible to prepare for for these teams. And if he can get by this round of sixteen. And get on to the eight. He's going to be really hard to beat because you, how do you match? And how do you you can't you, you know, know it's hard to play against. He he can be sloppy himself, but yet he's got talent to overcome that. Yep, Colombo, you're the man. I don't right, know buddy. what's happened here. Normal Colombo. We need to start getting back playing the Jimmy drums. Hopefully, Ravano Freeze will go back on Twitter. He'll block you. You guys can restart your feud, and we can relive some old times, but. Reverend Freeze right now has been neutered. They've taken him off Twitter. He's not allowed to tweet, so he's not a twittiot right now. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Looking for a fun event to take the family to? Harmon Scrap Metal is hosting an Easter egg hunt on April 8th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Woodland Park in the Fallen Heroes Shelter. This will be fun for the whole family. We will have food trucks, prizes, and photos with the Easter Bunny. Come on out and support local. Start times vary by age. Visit our Facebook page, Harmon Scrap Metal, for more information. 
It is that time of week. Uh, I have got somebody very special on the phone, Mr. Miles Johnson with Foodland. Miles, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Let's hear everything that you got. Alrighty. Well, for the whole week sale, we have whole ribeyes for four ninety nine a pound, fresh ground beef for two seventy nine a pound. Green cabbage, 39 cents a pound. Seedless white grapes, 99 cents a pound. And we also have Deer Park 24-pack spring water, two for 10. You're open uh, seven days a week, uh, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. right there on West 7th, uh, right located near the post office. And uh, I tell you, you always have some great deals. People need to come in, and uh, and your your staff is so friendly. If there's something that they don't see, they just need to ask, and you guys are amazing at taking care of them. So thank you once again, Miles. All righty, thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Make sure you go there and check them out. The mules are back in town. Plan now to attend all four days of Mule Day 2023, Thursday, March 30th through Sunday, April 2nd. The arts and crafts and flea market activities take place at Murray County Park Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday hours are 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The arts and crafts area consists of over 100 vendors with a variety of items that are all handmade by the crafters. You'll find quilts, pottery, ironworks, woodworking items, coins, and much more. Over at the flea market, you'll find 70 more vendors selling a variety of items such as sunglasses, toys, games, clothing and accessories, western apparel, cowboy boots and hats, decor, and lots more. Be sure to stop by the arts and crafts and flea market areas during your visit to Mule Day 2023, March 30th to April 2nd, right here in Columbia. Visit muleday.com for a complete schedule of events. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.